whenever we visit family, regardless of like what time of the day it is, they always make you food. So I remember, I remember last year when I went back home, uh, my mom just was taking me around to go see like my aunts, and we saw three of them in a row, and all three of them had like big meals for us. So by the time we were done, we were like stuffed out of our minds. We were tired. We we're just like, I want to go back home. I'm tired of eating. <laughs> Hi everyone, welcome to a new series of episodes on Culture Atlas. I'm your host Cece Wang. Each episode, we'll visit a country and talk to a person from there to find out what life is like in their part of the world. Today, we're visiting Tanzania, an East African country best known for its iconic Serengeti National Park, home to the largest lion population in Africa and one of the most remarkable natural events on Earth: the annual Great Migration of Wildlife. With me for this new series on Tanzania is my friend Jovan Kankungu. We met in university many years ago here in Toronto and reconnected recently to record this podcast. Jovan was born in the largest city in Tanzania called Dar es Salaam, right by the Indian Ocean, and came to Canada for university 15 years ago. Although the last time we saw each other is almost a decade ago, Jovan still retains his easygoing attitude and peaceful grin from our university days. And tells me these are traits found in every Tanzanian person—the ability to face life with a positive attitude, no matter what happens. In this new three-part series, we'll take a look at life in Tanzania, what people there value and believe. We'll also learn about the Chaga and Haya tribes of East Africa, which Jovan's parents are a part of. We'll hear spooky tales of shamanic curses placed on people, explore German and Arab influences on the country, and what to do when a wild elephant roams into your village. Right now, you're listening to part one of the series, where we introduce you to the people and way of life in Tanzania. Be sure to check back next week for part two. Welcome, Joven, to Culture Atlas. Glad to be here. So you're my first guest who's originally from Africa on the show. How do you feel about that?、Uh, no pressure at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but Africa is such a huge continent, and I'm so glad that I got to、um, explore Tanzania today first with you.、Mm-hmm. So, Tanzania, for people who don't know, is a country in East Africa,、uh, right below the equator, and it's famous for its wildlife and Serengeti National Park. Uh, you were born in Tanzania in 1991, right? 92, actually. 92. Okay.、Yeah. All right. So you're a little bit younger than me. <laughs> <Yeah> . And <laughs> lived there until middle school. Yeah, middle school. Okay. So when you were 12 years oldish. Um,、uh, you know, technically younger. So I went to um, I'm, like my parents shipped me off to Kenya boarding school when I was like 10. Ish. Oh, okay. Yeah, so slightly. So Kenya is、well. like a neighbor country to Tanzania. Yeah, bordering country. So,、um, yeah, pretty much like after I was done, like probably like junior school, the schools in Kenya are really good. So my parents were just like,、um, okay, funny story. So it was actually my brother who applied for the school. So I I went with my brother and my mom, and he did like the whole entrance and everything, and he didn't like the school. And apparently, when he was doing the exams, I was just like running about and just like loving the school. Then they told my mom, "Is like, do you know we have like classes、uh, ready for、um, like younger kids?" Then my mom was just like, "No, I can't. I can't give my baby away." He's like, <laughs> and,、uh, so, yeah. but apparently, I loved the school so much. And then, like the year after that, I just found myself in boarding school. Just like, oh, what did I get myself into? 
Oh my goodness. And then you were away from your parents for like the the whole middle school experience and beyond that. Um, yeah. So, ish. Like in terms of like day schools, yeah, that was just middle school. And then after that, it was just pretty much during holidays. Okay. Wow. Okay. And then, so after that, after you went to boarding school, fill us in on what happened after you left boarding school. Ooh, after I left boarding school, so I left boarding school at 16. And then um, I decided to come to Canada. <laughs> Just Why like, Canada? Right? I know. I ask myself every day. I'm joking. I, I love Canada. <laughs> but um, I mean, it is pretty cold compared to Tanzania. <laughs> it's a completely different climate system. That's literally all I knew about Canada before I came here. I was like, oh, it's just super cold. And like, I didn't know anything else. But uh, so in my school, like, they were affiliated with um, a lots of like uh, UK schools. Yep. So I, I would say probably like 80% of my friends went to the UK. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to be a rebel. I was just like, you know what? I want to try something different. <laughs> and then it was, it was like up to Canada or Australia. And Australia just like seemed. Far. Yeah, really far. Far. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Canada it was. And I have an, I have an aunt in uh, Ottawa. So I, I kind of had a relative here. So I was just like, you know what? It'll be safe if I get like if I get homesick or whatnot. I can always go to her. Then, um, I, But she, I moved to Toronto. She's in Ottawa. just like, well, that's not that's like a four-hour <laughs> bus ride. <laughs> so I barely got to see her when I moved here. But um, <laughs> I'm glad I did because wow. yeah, it, it was really nice when I moved here. Very interesting. When you arrived in Canada, what were some of the major differences you noticed right away between Canada and Tanzania? Um, I'll probably say the first thing that I noticed was um, the sunset. Um, Okay. Because I came here uh, September, I believe, and the sun was setting around like nine-ish. And that to me was just so foreign. Like I've been to like Europe before and like during summertime, but like not lived there. So when I came here, it's like setting at nine. It's just like there's so much daytime. I was like, what, what do I do? Because back home, the sun sets around like six, like seven oh. throughout the whole year because we're by the equator. So there's not much difference. Oh. Yeah. Within when the sun sets or when the sun rises. Well, I didn't realize. <laughs> and what about um, like snow for a lot of new immigrants? They haven't seen snow like ever. That's true. Well, fortunately enough, I, I, I did go to like Switzerland before because I, I got some relatives there. So. I had seen snow, fortunately enough, but just the amount of snow, that is what shocked me. Um, I don't know what it is. I feel like uh, the snowfall has kind of like fallen since I've been here. Uh-huh. But like when I got here, it was like waist high. It was, it was just ridiculous yeah. all over the place. Yeah. And I remember like one of my English teachers, um, she just kept warning me about black ice. She's just like, don't run around um, on, pa- <laughs> on um, like pathways because you never know. It might be like an icy puddle that you might miss. Yeah. Uh, and I, was, I got so scared. I was just like, oh, my God. So I kept like just crawling whenever it was like <laughs> no time. Yeah. I mean, compared to Tanzania, what are some of the things that you have to watch out for on the streets of Tanzania? <laughs> um, <laughs> cars. <laughs> Cars. Yeah, so like it's so different. Like that's another thing that shocked me too. Um, here they're so respective of like uh, people. Mm-hmm. So I would say it's like people first. Uh, in Tanzania, it's cars first. Like you have like no <laughs> no right away. Yeah, it's like you just have to like watch. So I got so I still do it sometimes. But like when I'm crossing the road and I'm like mm-hmm. um and the car's trying to turn right, 
I look at them first and I'm like, you should go first and then I can cross. Even though it's like my right away, it's still like ingrained, ingrained in me that I should let cars go first. Yeah. Never do that. Never give a walk right away. <laughs> I'm learning. It's only been like 15 years that I'm learning. <laughs> I mean, it's useful to know when you go back to Tanzania, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so you yeah. don't get hit by a car. Oh my God. Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. So like the streets in Tanzania, it's just free for all. The cars can go wherever they want. Pretty much, especially like during rush hour. Yeah, they just use like the pavements and don't even care about like civilians. Like, not all the time, not all the streets, of course. But like like major roads and like highways, they can just like, they, they'll turn, like they'll go from like a two lane to like four lanes. You're like, how is that even possible? Because <laughs> cars are just like squeezing <laughs> right they beside each other. They make their own lanes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there isn't any like traffic police or anybody directing all the traffic during rush hours? Um, Funny. I mean... It's it's weird because we have a lot of traffic police, though they don't really do... I mean, they do their job, but I mean, it's not... It's just hard to control that many people who are, like, really, like, trying to budge in their way. Yeah. But, um, it's not as strict as here where people will be like, oh, I need to follow, like, the rules. They're more, like... People are just more um, ready to, like break the rules or just see you know yeah, they don't yeah, really care yeah. about them too much no i yeah. get it i get it i've been to countries that are like that too it's like the rules are not written in stone like, <laughs> you know how, what i mean how many cars yeah. can i stop can a cop stop like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. yeah and like compared to canada which is a country with like 38 million according to 2021 uh statistics Tanzania, I think it's double that number. That sounds about right. Yeah, it's like I just I just fact checked. It's like sixty three billion. Yeah, but it's in a much smaller area, so it's much more dense. Yeah, for sure. But I guess most people don't live in the capital, so it's it's not too too bad. And what about the landscape of Tanzania? Because that's also very interesting. It's near the equator, right? So what are some things that you can only see in Tanzania? You know, we talk about the Serengeti National Park. Can you introduce us to some other sceneries in Tanzania? So I guess by the equator, um, I would say a lot of green for sure. And um, it's not really tropical, but um, funny enough, nowadays it's getting drier. I feel like the Sahara is just growing bigger and bigger. So up north is like really, really dry. But like um, towards, I guess, the city that I live in, Dar es Salaam, is like by the coast and it's like probably an hour boat away from Zanzibar, which is just like pristine, like really pristine beaches, like white sands, like really clear water. Wow, um, like the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would say it might be prettier, but that's, oh, okay. <laughs> that's just me being biased. But um, we also got uh, Mount Kilimanjaro, which mm-hmm. is like, I believe, the tallest mountain. Um, Scenery-wise, yes, a little bit like... Yeah, lots of green, I would say. <laughs> That's come to mind, mm-hmm. yeah. Do, do you miss the greenery back home? Oh, yeah. So I went back home last year, and I went to my grandma's place, which is by Kilimanjaro, and I couldn't stop taking pictures because it was, like, her garden herself, like, like her garden was so beautiful. It's just, like, super green, all kinds of trees and flowers. It just felt like I was in another world. Like, it was wow. <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, it was so pretty. Oh, that's so awesome. I love countries with really nice nature scenery. I just love it. It's right. Yeah, because here in Canada, it's a lot of um, like the same types of buildings over and over again. <laughs> you that's know? true, especially when you live in the city. But I heard um, 
BC, like Vancouver is pretty nice. I haven't been yet, but oh yeah, um, it is yeah, very nice. nice. Yeah. yeah, but um, yeah, Tanzania. It's a very beautiful place, according to the pictures that I saw. <laughs> <laughs> you should definitely go sometime. For sure. No, it's definitely. I plan on visiting the whole world someday. <gasps> so. is, is that why you're doing this? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm living vicariously through my guests right now, doing my research and making that list of where to go, for, you know, first. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what about like cultural differences and differences in people's way of life? Ooh, <clears throat> great question. Um, I would say, like most non-Western countries, um, they're a lot about the community and like more uh, family orientated. Mm-hmm. So um, less, I mean, that's one thing that I noticed here, like less individualistic for sure. Uh, people there, it's not like Canada, people are not open, but it's just like what people do there, it's mostly for their families and like how can I get back to the community and mm-hmm. rather than thinking for themselves. So I would say like that's probably the biggest cultural difference that I, that I experienced. And um Probably even something like humor. Yeah, humor. I don't know how to ex- how to dis- like describe it, but I I remember when I came to Canada, and someone was telling me a joke, and I was just like, "Is that a? Am I supposed to laugh at that?" Or like, I was so confused. So but, sense of humor. Yeah, sense of humor for sure. It's, okay. It's like it took me a while to get used to it, but um, I mean, and back home, <laughs> I was like, "Does this um saying that um." we laugh a lot or we smile a lot because mm-hmm. life there is not as good. So we just like have to make the most of life. So even even though life is hard there, people are just like happy and smiling and always like making jokes and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. What a nice society. Yeah. <laughs> Do you miss your family now that you live in Canada? And by the way, maybe we should maybe we should um backtrack a little bit. So we learn about your childhood a little bit. The fact that you moved to uh, the neighboring country, Kenya, when you were 10, from Tanzania. Mm-hmm. And then at 16, I think you you left for Canada, right? Correct. So, yeah. so what do you do right now? Oh, uh, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I work as a software developer in Toronto. Okay, um, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. I know, fairly lucky. I mean, it's nice. I, I got to live, like, I mean, I should probably move out. But I live, like, downtown, like, right by, like, King Spadina. But then that's only because work was like five minutes away. But then because yeah. of, of COVID now, I barely even go to work. So I'm just like, why do I pay so much rent? And I like, <laughs> <laughs> I barely even go to work. But um, yeah, I guess that was the plan. Like I went to school for computer science. Mm-hmm. Uh, computers have always been the love of my life. Fortunately enough, it became such a viable field. So after that, um, yeah, I got a job as a software developer. And then that's what I've been doing for the past... That's super cool. Now. Your parents yeah. must be very proud of you back home. Uh, sure. Uh, no, 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 they, <laughs> no, they are. But yeah, definitely. They're like, oh, we took you to such good schools. And so it, it kind of paid off. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about your family. Like, what are your parents like? I want to say my dad is, I, I hate using the word typical because I hate like generalizing, but my mm-hmm. dad is like the typical um, African dad who rarely shows his love like expressively like I, I don't think i've ever heard him say i love you which is which i'm fine with because if you ever did say that i'll be like what is happening <laughs> <laughs> but he, he expresses himself more in terms of like services so like mm. taking taking us to really good schools like taking us for like uh, vacation like just supporting the whole family regardless yeah and, and he's sort of like the silent type of man who's very stoic 
oh, yeah, spot on. Like, <laughs> yeah, he says like that is a typical dad, right? <laughs> okay, okay, I thought that was just my dad. Yeah, literally, we speak like for like one minute whenever he calls me. I'm just like, okay, good to catch up. I'll talk to you, I'll talk to you like next month or something. Okay. <laughs> and my mom is like the opposite. She like messages me and calls me like every other day. She uh, wow still calls me her baby, even though I'm like 31 now. I'm just like, mom, <laughs> stop. <laughs> but like, she's super loving just uh super caring mm-hmm. um like i don't know i feel like i'm so fortunate to have such a loving mother because she's just like i don't know i can't I, I can't perceive getting more love from like someone else so it's really nice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how did your parents meet <laughs> i should have brought them here uh, <laughs> i've t- they told me a story that i forget but it was like probably end of like university ish Mm-hmm. I just remember my mom saying my dad had, like, a motorcycle, and he was just, like, this cool guy with, like, a bike, just, like, driving around, like, picking her up, like, <laughs> every other weekend, taking her out. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, a really romantic guy, but then, of course, after he had, like, my brother. So, I got an older brother who's five years older than me, mm-hmm. but apparently, like, after he had my brother, he just, like, stopped being, like, super spontaneous and just, like, started focusing more on the family and how to, like, support us, yeah. Wow, wow. So you have one sibling, one older brother. Yeah. Where is he right now? So, yeah, so his path was, like, after school, he went to Scotland. Cause okay. Just, uh, he chose Europe? Okay. Yeah, yeah, he chose Europe. <laughs> uh, he lived there for a bit. He didn't really like it that much, so then he went back home. And now he's back home and uh, just recently married and had a baby last year. So wow. I'm officially an uncle. You guys live completely different lives. (laughs) Tell me about it. I know. (laughs) That's kind of crazy. So, so are you your mom's favorite and he's your dad's favorite? Like, how does it work in your family? (laughs) Funny enough, I would say it's the. uh, I wouldn't say the any favorites, but like, um, I would say I'm closer to my dad than he is. Okay. And he's probably closer to my mom, uh, just because he's just been around him for longer and like, yeah, Mm -hmm. so. What was the family dynamic like growing up with the four of you when you guys were all living together? Uh, super chill. Like, <clears throat> funny enough, um, our family, just two kids, is considered, like, the smallest family within our, like, grander family. Like, um, so, like, my dad has, or at least had, I believe, um, like, four sisters and five brothers. Mm-hmm. And my mom had like five sisters and five brothers, so they're pretty wow. big, <laughs> pretty big family. And like all of my aunts and all my uncles had like at least like minimum was like three kids or like four kids. So wow. yeah, so my every time I go see my granddad, <laughs> he he always asks my mom's like, "Why is your family so small? Why do you have two kids?" And I'm just like, "What? <laughs> what? That's crazy! Like, how can you support more than two kids?" So we were very close in, in that matter just because it was just the four of us. And, um, but we, it's, we always are with like, um, extended family. So every other weekend we'd always go see like our cousins and whatnot. So it just felt like a really big, big family. Like whenever, like, it's just like my cousins are, I would say as close as uh, like my brother's, my brother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all my female cousins, I consider them sisters and all my male cousins, cousins and brothers because we just like bonded every other weekend together. That's very nice. And what did you? What, what did the big family do together when you all got uh, together? 
Uh, mainly lots of eating. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> right? Lots and lots of eating. Like, I don't know if it's, like, a tradition everywhere else, but, like, whenever we visit family, regardless of, like, what time of the day it is, they always make you food. So I remember, <laughs> I remember last year when I went back home, uh, my mom just was taking me around to go see, like, my aunts. Mm-hmm. And we saw three of them in a row. And all three of them had, like, big meals for us. So by the time we were done, we were, like, stuffed out of our minds. We were tired. <laughs> we are just like, I want to go back home. I'm tired of eating. <laughs> but, but that's how they show their love. They, like, we just want to take care of you. just want to cook for you. So lots of, like, family barbecues. Um, lots of, like, going to the beach. Just, like, hanging out. Yeah. And stuff Very like nice. Did both of your parents work when you were a child? Yeah, they did. Uh, my dad, he did mainly like importing export so he would pretty much just leave the house around like eight and then come back like around dinner time at nine mm-hmm. and oh, dinner mom- time is at around nine o'clock for yeah, uh, or <laughs> at least for my family so we had this i don't know i don't know where it came from like the strict rule i guess appreciation more like it is like we weren't allowed to have dinner before my dad came back so we'd, we'd have to, like, wait for him to come back. And he would have to be the first person to serve his food before any of us, like, wow. <laughs> like had our It's a food. respect thing, eh? Yeah, super respect. Yeah. So it's that. And then, um, yeah, my mom, she was more, like, on and off jobs, just, like, doing whatever she felt like. So one time she was, like, a baker just because she liked baking. <laughs> then, yeah, then she went to, like, more, like, I believe some clothes manufacturing. Just whatever, like fancied her her opinion at that time of year then she would just do that mm-hmm. so we, we got to spend more time for sure with my mom than my dad so it's like the the man has to keep the steady job to bring <laughs> home the money yep, super <laughs> and, and the woman can you know choose her time between work and uh child care Exactly. Yeah. So okay. yeah, super traditional. <laughs> I see. And is there like in Tanzania um, nowadays, is there still sort of this um, societal expectation on how women should behave and how men should behave? More and more, um, I would say, I wouldn't say um, women are doing more, um, I wouldn't say tasking jobs, but like, I guess jobs that would require you to step out the traditional like boundaries. Mm-hmm. But um it's still, at least for the majority of the population, um, it's still just yeah, it's still like a um, a norm that uh, the man does brings on the bacon and like the girl, uh, the woman, <laughs> the, the woman just it takes care of the family more. Interesting. I mean, if you were to get married now, okay, I, I know you oh, moved God. to Canada, so you're a little bit like um, <laughs> in the Western mindset. Do you have any expectations? Do you care at all? It's funny that no, not at all. Actually, <laughs> it's it's weird. Uh, like, it's funny because um, most of like the girlfriends I've had in Canada, funny mm-hmm. enough, they don't like to cook, <clears throat> and I love cooking. Like, I, I I love cooking. So I'm just like, why would I? Why would I have this like opinion that my wife should you know be the one to be in the kitchen or you know take care of the kids? I'm just like whoever's mm-hmm. whoever's like available and like whatever has the time. Yeah, it just does it, and then we can support each other equally. But I do know, like, some of my friends who are looking for the more traditional, like, lifestyle where um, they would do more of the work and, like, their wife would take care of more of the household stuff. So it's mm-hmm. still it's still prominent even within, like, my age group. Okay. Where does your family actually live in Tanzania? My mom and dad, they live in Dar es Salaam. 
It's by the coast on the east side. So mm-hmm. right by like the Indian Ocean. It was once the capital back in the day just because it was the biggest city. But then they moved the capital to a city called the Doma, which is more central. Just because they're like, it would be easier for other people to um, come into the city than having to travel all the way to Dar es Salaam. Mm-hmm. But like, um, yeah, Dar es Salaam was pretty much like the medi- the melting pot of just like people coming in from the rural. So like most of my parents are like from the rural sides. So they all go to the big city to get jobs. And I guess that's where they met. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's got a really interesting um, name, Dar es Salaam. It sounds almost a little bit Arabic. It is Arabic. If I remember correctly, it should be City of Peace. You might have to like double check that. But I, I think it's, it's called the City of Peace, which is, I would say it's an accurate depiction because people there are just so peaceful. And there's also been quite a lot of Arabic influence in Tanzanian uh, culture and history too, right? Yeah, correct. Um, so even like Zanzibar, I believe, is an Arabic word. But like, um, yeah, so a lot of people, I believe they came in maybe like the 1700s. Mm-hmm. And um, highly influenced the coastal sides. Like if you go there, you would see like a lot of the like Arab style buildings with like all the intricate doors and everything oh, wow, um yeah. like islam is really big in dar salaam we're like 50 50 split between islam and christianity mm-hmm. and even like swahili um some of the words in swahili are straight up just like arabic words it, swahili is the is the official language of tanzania yeah swahili is the official language okay. of tanzania mm-hmm. and um yeah it's even normal i remember um going to visit like some of my dad's like um muslim friends and we would we would just wear like the muslim attire just because it's just a normal thing to do it's just <laughs> like you it's know, also out of respect too yeah out of respect and even if we're christians we're just like it, it doesn't really matter because you're just showing respect to their family and it's just like everyone else does it so it's it's, it's a nice really it's interesting. nice mix yeah yeah. So from from what I read, a lot of the Arabs came into Tanzania mostly to do business. They were merchants, right? Back in the 16 or 1700s. They were originally in Zanzibar, which is this island off the coast of Tanzania. Yeah. And then they decided that they wanted to um, have more stations in the inner parts or the mainland of Tanzania. Mm-hmm. And so it slowly moved. Um, they slowly expanded their operations from the island to the mainland but still today like zanzibar the island still has much more muslim influence compared mm-hmm. to the mainland yeah yeah that is correct so even like um a lot of the post generations after that with like just mixing cultures like you'd see a lot of um tanzanians who are like i guess the bantu black which is like the main i guess african kind of like i wouldn't say tribe but like peoples that lived mm-hmm. within the mainland and they got mixed with the Arabs. So a lot of, like, my friends have, like, really nice curly hair and, like, wow. fair skin because they're, like, generations down past. And, yeah. And business-wise, it still kind of shows that um, how their influence um, is still there. So a lot of, like, Arabs who, they call themselves Tanzanians because, I mean, their families have been there for, like, five generations. But, like, mm-hmm. a lot of the businesses in Tanzania they're mainly owned by like Arabs and Indians because they're the ones who like started like the whole like 
economic side of that. So it'll just be passed down generations and generations. So. What kind of business are they doing? Just import export of all kinds of goods? <sighs> all, they're all over the place, I would say. But it mainly, mainly is import export, but they're like just within every domain. Yeah. Mm, wow. Okay. And is that mixture also common in other parts of East Africa? Uh, mainly, I would say, yeah. So even like in Kenya too, like a lot of the big businesses are owned by like Arabs and Indians. And really like interesting. Yeah. Like I didn't know any of this until I uh, <laughs> looked into it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Really interesting. And I was also curious, because um, I remember when we were talking um, before this recording, you were telling me that um, your grandparents live in the rural side of um, Tanzania, right? So yeah. what are some of the difference be- differences between the rural regions and the city regions of Tanzania? Oh, I mean, first of all, of course, the pace. <laughs> the rural mm-hmm. is like super, uh, super chill and, and relaxed. Um, it, I guess the business-wise, so rurals are still, there's still like lots of farming and um, just, yeah, things like that. And... I would say it's because it's so small, uh, most of the families live quite close together. So like in Dar es Salaam, like my aunt can be like an hour away and whatnot. But like in the rural areas, it's literally just like a walk away. Like, oh, there's your aunt's house. It's just like, so it's like in a circle. You can just see like everyone's everyone's um, plot. So, so it's really nice. To so do families all live very close together? Like they live in their own villages kind of? Pretty much, yeah. They have like their own like little sections, like their own. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. At, at least in the rural size, yeah. So it's, it's wow, really so you can just like visit like a family by their last name, <laughs> pretty yeah, much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and that's the thing. So I feel like everyone would know your last name. You'd just be like, oh, do you know where these person lived? And I'm like, yeah, they just point there and like the whole village kind of <laughs> knows How that. convenient. Right? <laughs> yeah. Hi again, it's Cece here. I hope you've enjoyed part one of my three-part series with my friend Joven about Tanzania. In part two, our conversation turns to tribal culture in East Africa, local food and wedding traditions, and spooky tales of shamanic curses placed on people. During like the riot when they're like stealing from like um, stores, apparently people asked shamans to take care of the store, and there was a curse that um, whatever you pick up you can't drop. So apparently, I, I didn't see it for myself, but I heard like so many stories about it. Like people would like carry like say a TV. And when they reached your house, they just couldn't drop it. It was just like stuck in their hands. All that's on next week's show. Be sure to subscribe to Culture Atlas if you enjoyed this podcast. And tell your friends about it to help more people discover the show. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. We also have a website with destination summaries and resources to interesting cultural facts mentioned in each episode. All that's on my website at cultureatlas.world. World as in W-O-R-L-D. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next week.